Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Danny Sarek joins me. We talk Hard Knocks Episode 4. Sunday's heartbreaking loss is relived all over again. Got some real-life moments on and off the field that was featured in this latest episode. Plus, it is the bye week. And a shout-out to a couple of 30-year-olds who are not acting, or perhaps better said, playing their age. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 621, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Hit in the backfield and down he goes for a loss. J.J. Watt nailed him. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, at the 5, he's in again! Some more Murray Magic! Wow! Here's Craig Grealoux. So as we detailed last week, Danny, it is much more enjoyable watching experience when it is a win to look back on. And unfortunately, Hard Knocks Episode 4, reliving the heartbreaking, frustrating loss to the Los Angeles Chargers 25-24. I did not feel any better having watched Hard Knocks Episode 4. I was on the verge of excitement because... The way the Cardinals dominated that first half, it was, oh my gosh, they deserve to win this game. Look how well they're playing. And then I was like, oh, wait a second. I I know how the story ends. (laughs) And then I got sad again watching. Yeah, it was amazing because what was talked about during the week, what the coaches preached about Justin Herbert, very physical, mobile, gets the ball out fast. It is a run-first offense, according to Vance Joseph. Heck, BJ told us in the media that it was a pass-first offense. So it was the onus was on the defense to get after Herbert. And they did four sacks in that game. It was a it was almost a perfect first quarter for the defense, and maybe even going all the way into the early stages of the third quarter. Defensively, as far as look, it's hard to stop every team, every possession. But that defense played very, very well until they didn't, and that was kind of the theme of that game. The pressure was on Justin Herbert. I thought that the Cardinals generated good pressure on him. What was unfortunate was having two turnovers overturned in favor of the Chargers. The forced fumble that they said cornerback Trayvon Mullen on the ground took from the Chargers receiver, and so they gave it to the Chargers, who went on to score. And then Zayvon Collins' interception, which they said – didn't have control or before it hit the ground and not that this should happen but I felt like when we were watching it live at State Farm Stadium especially after the fumble recovery which went to LA it felt like the air had been taken out like you could feel the momentum shift which isn't what you want in that situation you want the 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 defense to mentally stay locked in and I feel like that showed when the Chargers went and they scored You're right. The defense was good until they weren't. It just kind of unraveled rather quickly late in the third and into the fourth quarter when the Chargers came back and then they score and then they have a successful two-point conversion and leave the Cardinals with 15 seconds on the clock. The cameras caught head coach Cliff Kingsbury when we talk about that fumble recovery that wasn't on the sideline saying, quote, you don't see that called very often because it did look like Mullen and Bandy both had their hands on that football. And I guess by rule, which when I went back and watched the game, the CBS broadcast, Gene Steratore said, yeah, the tie goes 
to the offense. So unfortunate, but it did seem to change, even though that happened in the second quarter, did seem to change momentum, if you believe in it or not. I, te- I, I, I tend to believe in that momentum. Chargers got new life, and they succeeded. They were able to excel and keep the game in their favor, even though the Cardinals did score there late, or I should say early in the fourth quarter to take the lead. But it's, it just it was not the Cardinals' day on Sunday, which is unfortunate because coming off a short week, and the one thing that we did see in Hard Knocks Episode 4 was the effort was there from the get-go. And that was the biggest question, Danny, that we had going into that game. What was the team going to look like? How was their response going to be coming off that beat down by the 49ers in Mexico City? I agree. I don't think you can say that the effort wasn't there. And we've really heard that from the players all year is the effort's been there, but the execution has not. This is not all on the defense of how the thing, how the game kind of fell apart and the Chargers came back to win 25-24. In the first half, the Cardinals offense didn't punt once. And if you count the final 15 seconds, their three of their four final possessions were three and outs. You have a lead. All you got to do is get a few first downs, run the clock, and you're fine. And they could not execute when they needed to the most. Unfortunate and again frustrating having to watch that all over again this time basically at field level when you can see it and feel it as far as the hitting that is going on between the offense and defense. It did mark the first time on Sunday that we did see DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown on the field at the same time. Got a little bit more of Hollywood in this episode as far as looking back at the injury in week six, the broken foot healed or the rehab went better than anticipated, allowing him to come back maybe a little bit sooner than anyone anticipated. And then I thought, some gamesmanship, and this is this is why Hard Knocks and the in-season of Hard Knocks, where you can capture just what is said behind closed doors and then said publicly. Because when we talk about Hollywood Brown, what did everyone expect? Hollywood Brown was going to be on a pitch count against the Chargers. Yet, what did we see in Episode 4? Cam Turner. Oh, Hollywood's going to be a big part of the game plan. He'll line up in the slot. And what happened? Yeah, Hollywood is a big part of that game, played 64 of the 66 offensive snaps. Don't take it out on me, Craig. I'm not the one who told you that. The head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, telling the media that Hollywood Maybe was going to be on the pitch Maybe plans changed, Craig. That's true, potentially, but I just I think it was more gamesmanship than anything yes, else. Yes, Because Cliff does play the game very, very well. Yes, he does. It was the first time to have Hollywood Brown out there with DeAndre Hopkins because Hop was suspended the first six weeks, and then that final game before he came back, Hollywood hurt his foot, so he missed five games. I also thought it was huge that it was the the return of Kyler Murray, who missed two games with his hamstring, and having Kyler out there with those two receivers who he trusts so well. Um, and it's unfortunate because I feel like the expectation is so high um, to have both receivers out there, and and they played well enough, right? Hop had that great touchdown we saw we got a chance to see Hollywood talking about some of the blocks he was making just having both of them out there alone changes the way that the defense is having to go up against you all of those things and maybe the expectations are too high from what we've been seeing from this offense as a whole it's just you know you kind of want you you wish you had that immediate spark and that things were just going to be amazing having them all out there um so hopefully that's kind of what we get to see regardless of how the rest of the season pans out 
Um, I will say, like, even though we didn't necessarily see that spark with both receivers out there, um, we saw the spark and we saw that James Conner definitely still has it in him. He had his first 100-yard rushing game as a Cardinal, the 10th of his career. Um, I know we're going to get into a little bit of the changes behind the run game, but the fact that the Cardinals were able to establish the run and control at least the first half of the game with the run. And I know that the Chargers are terrible at defending the run, right? But but I think back to playing in Seattle and how Seattle's defense was not good at the time and the Cardinals couldn't capitalize. Arizona was able to capitalize on the Chargers' weakness defensively, which was stopping the run. And I like that we were able to see that with James Conner. Oh, well, I, it's a good point on your behalf as far as diving into that because it was a story going into the week. But I, I did want to go back to your the Hollywood Brown and Kyler Murray relationship. I had forgotten, or maybe I didn't even know, but when Kyler mentioned that he hosted Hollywood on his visit to Oklahoma, and that's where their friendship sparked, I do know that they were both on the scout team that first year at Oklahoma, and then Kyler became the starter the next year. But I did not know... It went even before that as far as hosting Hollywood before he even had signed with Oklahoma. It makes sense when you hear the two of them say that the kind of chemistry they have is not just from being teammates, but from being best friends and understanding what just to look where they want to go, what their tendencies are. Makes a lot of sense. All right, let's It's like the two of us, two best friends, Craig. We can just look at each other and we know. We just know what each other is thinking and finish each other's sentences. Is that what you're talking about? Well, you were supposed to say finish each other's and then I was supposed to say sentences. Sorry. We'll get them next time. Next time. Next time here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. All right, the the way the episode began, recapping the loss of the 49ers and then once again mentioning that Sean Kugler had been fired, relieved of his duties, due to an incident in Mexico City, and you heard Calvin Beecham say, quote, we got to move on, and then Steve Hyden and Brian Natkin in the offensive line room, and Hyden leading the room on a short week, and all the turmoil that that room had undergone. Forget the fact that it was Calvin Beecham and four backups and the eighth different offensive line combination, but now you throw in the wrinkle that, okay, we have a new lead voice in that room in Steve Hyden. He goes from tight ends coach to leading the offensive line. Brian Natkin remains the assistant. Mike Bercovici now becomes the tight ends coach. And you got to see a little bit, uh, basically, Hyden midseason. And just think of changing jobs or changing schools mid-year, mid-semester, and walking into a room. Yeah, you're familiar with all those players, but then walking in and saying, okay, this is kind of what I'm thinking. This is what I want to do. Let's have an open dialogue, open communication. But at the same time, things are going to be a little bit different, as you would expect, because any new leadership brings differences. It would be difficult, I'd imagine, if it were at the start of the season. If you had all five of your starting offensive linemen, so to have this change at this point in the season, this many games in, this point in the season at where the Cardinals stand and how they've been playing, and having four of your five starting offensive linemen on IR. That is incredibly difficult. And and I'm sure that the coaches have relationships with players on the entire team. But I can't imagine that when you're having to, as opposed to, you know, only having to, you know, really work with a handful of tight ends to now have 
at least five of your starting offensive linemen and so many more in the rotation that these players that I can't imagine he has very close relationships to begin with. And now you're having to learn the tendencies of all of these players as individuals and as a unit and as your left side and your right side and interior. There's so much going on. I I can't even imagine how difficult that might be. And I loved that when in the quarterback's room, quarterbacks coach Cam Turner brought that up to the quarterbacks. It was Kyler Murray. It was Colt McCoy and Trace McSorley. And Colt's response was, let's rush for 100 yards. What do they do, Craig? They rushed for better than 100 yards, almost 200 yards. See, that was you finishing my sentence. That's that chemistry. That's what we do here on Cardinals Cover 2. Yeah, because as much as it was a shock to the offensive linemen about what had gone on and the changes, to hear Colt say, okay, who's running the offensive line? Like A legit question, and Cam Turner, the quarterback's coach, has to make the announcement, if you will, let everyone know what's going on. And then what you said, Colt go immediately. I put money on it right now as far as we're going to rush for 100 yards. And that just goes to the uh, what they know of Hyden and what he likes to do in the tight ends as far as blocking and the receiving game. But, again, a different perspective in that room. Midseason, this late in the year, I mean, I, yet what happened? Not only did they rush for 181 yards on the ground, but Kyler Murray was only touched once and that was the sack late in the fourth quarter it was basically a perfect game for the offensive line very impressive um very impressive that to do that with a coaching change but to also do that with the type of coaching change the personnel and the reason behind that to do that where still recently in the last what two weeks the cardinals released rb2 eno benjamin so with Darrell Williams still on IR, it's really just James Conner. And then you've got rookie Keontae Ingram as, I mean, supplementary doesn't even feel, that that feels like too much with how little they've been using Keontae and it just being the James Conner show. There's, there's a lot of moving parts to find success right now. Um, and again, while the Chargers defense, that was their downfall in stopping the run, the Cardinals run game and the protection with Kyler Murray, it did look good. Only the second time this season that the Cardinals had more rushing attempts than passing attempts, and that was the case on Sunday. Now, question is, even with this bye week, is that something that you now can build upon? Yes, it was the Chargers. It was a very poor rush defense, but can you do it against the Patriots? Can you do it against the Broncos? Can you do it now moving forward as long as James Conner stays healthy? Are you asking if it's sustainable or you're just saying more in, in general? I, both. I mean, I, I do think a successful run game is sustainable, but there's a lot of – a lot needs to go right. One, you need to stay healthy, and then two, those – Kelvin Beecham and the four backups, if you will. We need to come up with a nickname for the offensive line like to make sure name. like make sure Beach has you know uh, top billing when we talk about the O-line. Beach and the boys. There you go. I like that. Beach, Beach and the boys. Instead of – Beecham's boys. Beecham's boys. He is he is the elder He's statesman. He's the CEO, in according to Cliff Kingsbury, of he that is. room. He can be the co- he could basically coach the room if he wanted to. He Does not could. want to, but he could. And it, can you ask Beecham's boys to do it again <laughs> for a second game, a third game to ride out this regular season? I don't think you have a choice. I think the question becomes: Can you hand James Conner the rock twenty-five times? I would like to say yes. Um, but again, when it's not like they have a, a true one-two punch right now to kind of give him rest in those reps, 
And from what I know about James Conner, I'd imagine just because he has been hurt and hasn't had the kind of year he had last year, I'd imagine he doesn't want to share the reps. Um, I don't know how sustainable that is. I mean, there's only five games left, five games left. So it's quite possible they hand him the ball 20 plus times in those games if they're able to. It depends on if the Cardinals are able to get a lead like they were against the Chargers and if they're able to have that kind of protection like they were against the Chargers and the type of time that they had. There's a lot that goes into it. I don't think that you have any choice other than to ask the offensive line, whatever that combination yep. is, when we get back from the bye, you have to ask them to play the same way. Stay ahead of schedule. Cliff's favorite phrase when you talk about the offense, you stay ahead of schedule, then you can do a little bit more. You play behind the sticks, then you're forced – you become one-dimensional. You're forced to throw the football more than you want to. And the Cardinals on Sunday stayed ahead of the chains, stayed on schedule, and were able to consistently run the football. They just weren't able to, when it came to running the football, to run out the clock and get those final few first downs. They couldn't. And we saw it all again on Hard Knocks in Season Episode 4. What else to you in Episode 4 stood out either on field or off field? I thought it was really interesting talking to Isaiah Simmons. It feels like an entirely different season <laughs> when he was benched, and that was the season opener against the Chiefs. And for a couple of games, he had a significant cut in his playtime. Um, and they had an interview with him. They had some shots of him talking with um, some coaches, and Isaiah saying that was the first time in his career and in college, when he was at Clemson, that he'd been benched. Um, and that was something that mentally he had to work through. And we heard from Cliff Kingsbury. We heard from Vance Joseph at the time when Isaiah, one, lost those snaps. And two, when he started to earn them back, that it was because he had earned them back. It wasn't just to give them back to him just because. That they saw that, how he was handling it mentally and saw how he was practicing by that point, Zayvon Collins had the green dot on his helmet, so he was calling plays on defense. It was no longer Isaiah. But I did think that was really interesting of, of him asking, what do I need to be doing? What am I still missing here? Because while his new hybrid role, he's technically still a linebacker, he's in the safety room, is more because of that natural ability, something that he's very comfortable with, with that length and that speed and him wanting to rush the passer and then dropping back into coverage it's still new this year of how the Cardinals have been using him. And so I thought it was really interesting um, when Isaiah is so confident to see the behind the scenes of the struggles that he was facing at the start of the season because he didn't get like many, like every starter, he didn't get those snaps in the preseason. Um, so I thought it was really interesting to kind of go back to the start of the season and, and hear him talk about that. Showed some real vulnerability in that moment and speaking with DB's coach Marcus Robertson and Marcus telling him what you need to do to get your snaps back, what you need to show specifically Vance Joseph in order to get back on the football field because you're right, benched in week one and then in the next two weeks, I went back and looked it up, 15 and 16 snaps respectively. Now, as we saw in Hard Knocks episode four and then We've seen over the last six weeks, he is back in the starting lineup playing much more. It's still that consistency that this coaching staff wants to see. Yes, he can make the highlight real plays, but it's the every down play that Simmons continues to struggle with. And this episode was an interesting one 
um, because I'm, I'm not sure when they when Hard Knocks did that interview and they just kind of had it or if the timing was spot on for them to do that interview last week before this game because they showed a lot of Isaiah um, with the the misreads in this Chargers game. Um, really that, that two-point conversion that sealed the deal. And that's hard. Um, I would imagine if he's watching to rewatch that, you know, it wouldn't be like the first time of him probably feeling like that was on him. Um, but that's hard because, like, at the end of the day, there he's not the only one out there. Um, but people make mistakes, and that's, you know, great about Hard Knocks is they get to cover all the really great things. And then they also cover things like this where it spotlights and it might feel like it was one guy's mistake. And while that might have been his read, I can't imagine that's easy to kind of relive through the episode. Hard to watch as well. Antonio Hamilton, who was singled out nationally by Troy Aikman on the Monday night broadcast against the 49ers. And then Buda Baker made some postgame comments about not finishing, not playing all the way to the end. And Hamilton owned up to it. We saw that in episode three. We see it again in episode four. He apologizing not only to his teammates, but the coaching staff as well. And yeah, as the cliche as it may be, the eye in the sky does not lie. What you see on tape is the effort and the performance that you put out. And that last George Kittle touchdown in which Hamilton at the time thought he went out of bounds. He did not, but he let up. And it was not a good look. And you have to relive that once you get back and watch the film. And it clearly stuck with him. He was talking about it at practice with Kingsbury and, and Kingsbury just saying, look, man, like, just get out there and, and, and keep playing hard. Like, keep doing what you do. Um, and Hamilton was saying it was on him on the bench during the game. Clearly was still eating away at him, talking at practice. Um, just, you know, thought he was out of bounds. But I, I think the lesson, I would imagine the lesson had been learned. I will say something, too, from the episode. Really kind of the only thing that was off the field was about DeAndre Hopkins. And I don't want people to think that showing Hop on Thanksgiving with his head coach and his teammates going to a women's shelter for survivors of domestic abuse, to think that that is something for hard knocks. Hop does stuff like that all the time without media without PR he will go and he will fill up a van with water bottles and he will go downtown Phoenix and he will drive around and see people who are out on the street who are homeless who need water who need food he does that kind of stuff already so I don't want people to think that that was just for show Hop's mom is a survivor of domestic violence so I really did like to get to see the array of teammates that were there with him, rookies on offense, on defense. Cliff Kingsbury was there. Um, there was a fan who cracked me up. Her name was Rhonda when she was taking pictures, and she offered to get out there and help hop on the field, catch the balls. And he was like, well, what are you going to do? And she's like, well, I'm going to kick him. I'm going to knock him down. And I just like, I, I love that kind of stuff to see the personality. Um, and and that that is who Hopkins is, doing things like that for the community, doing good and not just for show, not just so people think he's a good person, but because he is. And that's real life for D-Hop. He went through it as a kid, saw his mom go through it. Now he's paying it forward, trying to make things better. The interaction with the young kid as far as asking how his grades were. And he talked about just being able to give back and calling it a blessing. Blessing. 
So I did think I did like that aspect, and it does kind of once again showcase these players as human beings, fathers, husbands, brothers, sons, away from the facility, away from the football field, and you get to know them a little bit better. Now, I'll say this about that segment, if you will. It did produce, to me, maybe laugh-out-loud best moments of hard knocks in season for me, and that was when one woman asked Cliff Kingsbury, are you the coach? To which Cliff replied, I am. So, again, reality slaps you in the face sometimes because you get put on these pedestals whether you're, you know, coach, player, whatever, whatever walk of life, or you know, president, CEO, whatever business it is, and then all of a sudden, you're just random person that not everyone knows who you are, what you do. Yet, I do think the appreciation for what the players and the coach or Cliff Kingsbury did on that day on Thanksgiving meant a lot to everyone in there. But I did, I did laugh. I found it very funny. And I'm sure that, uh, once again, Cliff can go, well, okay, all right. It's like a slap back to reality. But you know what? Even with people who know who he is, Cliff Kingsbury is such a private person to begin with that I would imagine he was probably a little flattered by that. Like, oh, okay, great. Like, I'm just I'm just here doing, like, something I should be doing. I'm just here to, like, you know, change people's lives. I'm not here because I'm the, you know, head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Like, I'm just here because I want to be here as a person. And I do love that on Thanksgiving where, you know, people are spending time with their families, looking back at what they're thankful for to, to take that time and be out in the community and make a difference in people's lives. Um, says a lot about these players as people and the organization as a whole, I think. By the way, a uh, quick note on Hopkins, because I went back and looked this up. It's he and JJ Watt, I think are having two very good seasons despite their age, if you will. Watt at 33 at Hopkins at 30. Did you know, Danny, that since Hop has returned, so since week seven, he leads the league in receptions and ranks third in receiving yards, only behind Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson. Again, this is since week seven. It's the only time he's been on the field is since week seven, and he's basically picked off picked up where he left off it's incredible I got a chance to talk with DeAndre Hopkins on my sideline exchange interview actually prior to the Mexico City game against the 49ers and I'd asked him that because at the time his he had had 36 receptions and in that time span it was the most in the league and I just asked him how he was able to have such a smooth transition back onto the field back into this offense after missing time and he said it's because he's played so much football and not only that, but he's played with so many quarterbacks in his career because that was at the time when Kyler Murray was still out nursing a hamstring. And that it all stems from the communication and the communication with your quarterbacks. And it's so important. And that's how he's been able to pull it off and, and do what D-Hop does, and that is make uncatchable throws catchable. That we saw that against the Chargers, too, that one-handed Second catch. down catch for four yards. You'll never see a better four-yard catch. He just put that arm out and snagged it right back in. Otherwise, that's an interception. Yes. By the way, that was the only time either he or Hollywood were targeted in that fourth quarter. Trey McBride was targeted twice in the fourth quarter. So when you're looking at things here during this bye week to fix, correct, learn from, I would put that 
near the top as far as going back to what we were talking about, Hollywood and D-Hop getting more of the attention, more of the targets, if you will. And I don't know how much of that comes from in-game adjustments by the Chargers, um, but you have two receivers in Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins who, again, can make those uncatchable throws catchable, and they should be targeted more than that late in the game. Um, whether you are up or not, if you're passing the ball, that's who you should be go- looking to, especially when you have Rondell Moore out, especially when you have Zach Ertz out. It, it should be those two. Season 10 for Hopkins, season 12 for J.J. Watt, and it is quiet around the facility. Players are off this week and don't hear a lot from the players unless they go on social media. And J.J. Watt earlier on Wednesday on social media responding to a Pro Football Focus tweet that said he leads the league in pressure since week 7 with 30. Loved the response from J.J. Quote, maybe I should have my... Maybe I should have my heart shocked more often. End of tweet. If he's joking about it, he's got to be okay, right? Yes. I mean, he's having a little humor with Only he can joke about that. Only he can joke about it. And maybe he's onto something. Um, No, it is quite impressive that the two of them are having the seasons they are having, Um, especially in a year where there are so many injuries. And on defense, you're having to rely on more of that younger depth. You need the two of them to step up, and that's exactly what they have when they have been out on the field. It is interesting. I believe JJ contract JJ is scheduled to be a free agent next year. Um, so there will be, I'm sure, many lengthy discussions on what the right move is from his perspective, from the team's perspective. But he is absolutely making a case for himself that if he wants to be here, it's clear he can still generate pressure he can still get those sacks he still makes a difference out on the field leads the team in sacks third in quarterback hits second in tackles for loss and again this at the age of 33 whether it's here or somewhere else provided JJ still wants to play because the other explanation for this resurgence if you will since week seven is JJ did mention that his son was also born in week seven so perhaps that dad strength if you will kicking in on the football field do you have the dad strength i do not no longer initially when your child is born absolutely but then as they get older and don't need you as much yeah that strength goes away jeez craig it's just it's a circle of life it's just the way it is the way things go if we're talking about dad, should I use this moment to uh, shout out my dad who's having a milestone birthday today? I'm going to be a good daughter. I'm not going to say how old he's turning, but it's a pretty big one. So happy birthday, dad. Okay. Well, I'm guessing that he's not 100. So milestones Close. Milestones that you usually celebrate would be like 40 or 50, maybe even 65. So something like that. No, no? He, is, he is not 65. Okay. And I'm going to leave it at that. Happy birthday, dad. Such a good daughter here on this platform to give a shout well, out I'm to trying. your father. I'm trying. That's to be. two shout outs you've given your parents earlier this season on the Arizona Cardinals NFL kickoff show when they were in attendance and actually heard the shout out and now here on Cardinals Cover 2. Craig, I am one of three girls, okay? I got a scratch and claw to be the favorite. It constantly is changing. I am the only one of their three daughters who doesn't live within a 20-minute driving radius of them, oh. so I got to do what I got to do to stand out. Oldest, youngest, or in the middle? Oh, I'm in the middle. Oh, I don't give off that spot. I don't give off that middle child energy to you. No. I feel like I do. 
What, you're always seeking attention and look at me kind of a thing? No. Not anymore. No. Never. Of course not. By the way, any since this is the bye week, any major plans to see the family, the parents, maybe even earn more brownie points with mom and dad? Just sleep. Sleep. <laughs> following Try, Budabaker's fo- advice. Following traveling to L.A. and then going to Mexico City and then the short week and Thanksgiving, my plan is to just sleep. I'm going to relax and rejuvenate like the players and coaching staff have said. What about you? Rest, recovery, rejuvenates. There is a lot on the DVR that I need to get to, so I'm not doing anything for two, three, maybe yeah, two or three days, maybe a little football. I'm really going to try to disconnect from everything and literally clean out the DVR. Good for you. Love that for you. All right, then we can reconvene. Remember, no hard knocks next week. We will still do a show next Wednesday, but the team will be back a practice or two under their belts And then we can start focusing on the New England Patriots. Hard Knocks resumes following that Patriots game on Monday, December 12th. So Episode 5 will come out on December 14th. Of course, instant reaction here on Cardinals Cover 2, as well as azcardinals.com. And if you want to go back and relive or catch up on past episodes, HBO, HBO Max are your best, uh, best roads to travel down to watch what has been going on this entire season for the 2022 Arizona Cardinals. And it has been a very eventful season to date. Yeah, no kidding, uh, to say the least. Hopefully it stays quiet this week, Danny. That is that is what I'm Let's hoping for. Let's just cross for. our fingers, Greg. All right, we will do that together because that's what we do. The chemistry, chemistry here. <gasps> See, we said at the same time. Jinx? You, yes, Jinx. Good job. See, I'm pretty that. We're going to end it on that note because we're going to end it on a high note here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Almohandro. For Danny Sarek, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.